You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. And we've said before that the Mishnah often jumps from subject to subject or from Mishnah to Mishnah by loose association. And we closed yesterday on the, the, I think, the third Mishnah of the second chapter with the idea that there is a forbidden relationship with uh, a Natina and with a non-Jew. There are certain forbidden marital relationships. And, and we said, by the way, that although the tractate of Yuvamot seems to be occupied with lever at marriage, what it is doing in practice is defining the boundaries and the definitions of, of marriage itself. That's really why it takes up so much space at the beginning of the, of the order of women. And essentially we're defining forbidden and permitted relationships we're defining the parameters of the family where does the family begin where does the family end and we'll see that we jump off into exactly the same issues today but before we jump off into the mishnah we know we need to know a word we need to know the root zakat and the word zakuka or zakuk and the widow of a childless man if he has a brother, is called in the halachic literature his zukuka. And that, that bond is formed immediately on the death of the, immediately on the death of the brother. And it's from the root zakak, which is to distill or to smelt, but also to rivet and to forge and to chain and to join, to bind or to obligate. In other words, she is a zukuka. He is a zakuk, and they are chained together. They're obligated together by the fact, by their by their relationship, and and by the death of the childless brother. So, with that in mind, this word chained or tied. Let's look at the fifth mishnah, which jumps from the question of family relationships to well, let's see. Someone has got any kind of brother. So this could be a mamzer. If he's a kohen, it could be a a kohen who's a halal, who's married a non-Jewish woman. Any sort of brother at all could be a half-brother. Someone who's got any kind of brother. Zokek et eshet achiv. He ties. The word is zokek. The word we've just learned, zokek et eshet achiv, he ties his brother's wife to have yibo, that is, on the death of the brother. And the Mishnah goes on to say, ve'achiv l'choldavar, and he is his brother in all respects. What does that mean? Well, it means, for example, that his brother can inherit from him. Or... Um, it means that if his brother dies and he's a Kohen, he can uh, make himself impure. He can he, he can bury him. In other words, he can. There are seven close relationships for which a Kohen would make himself impure. The brother is one of them. So we're saying, you know, if a priest has a brother who's a mumzer, if that brother dies, the priest will still make himself impure to participate in the burial. He's a brother in every single respect. Whatever you know, whatever his status in any other, whatever his status in in for, for other purposes. 
but with two exceptions. And now we're going to go back to the, 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 the issue of forbidden relationships. There are two exceptions. Except for a brother born from a female slave or a non-Jewish woman. And the sages have got a very strong view. And we can note it, but I think probably not discuss it here, that the children of a non-Jewish woman are not attached to the father. And we know that the children who are the children of a Jewish woman are considered Jewish in all respects, but somehow the children of a of a man who has a relationship with a non-Jewish woman, they're just not considered attached to the father in any way. And we'll see in a minute that they're not just as much as they're not treated as brothers, they're not treated as sons. And the Mishnah goes on to say, so we can see, right, that the Mishnah is not just articulating the boundaries of Yibum, of leverate, leverate marriage, but it's it's articulating here the boundaries of the family. Someone who has any kind of son. So it's a parallel Mishnah. The, the Mishnah began, someone who has any kind of brother. It now goes on, someone who has any kind of son. He exempts his father's wife from Yibum. So this, the second half of the Mishnah, if you like, is the mirror image of the first half. The brother ties his brother's wife. The son exempts his father's wife from Yibum. But from now, now we're back to the mirror image. He's a son in all other, other respects. So, for example... He's liable for striking or cursing him. So we have a verse in the parasha Mishpatim. Someone who strikes his father or mother shall be put to death. Just a bit, a couple of verses on in Mishpatim. We'll learn, in, this is in the book of Exodus in Shemot. We'll come to it, I think. Well, I think we're reading it in the middle of February, 10th of February. We'll come to the parasha of Mishpatim this year. Someone who curses his father or mother shall be put to death. So we're saying that a son for any kind of, in any kind of son, falls in this, uh, if, if you like, is, 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 falls under this halakha. Um, how does the Mishnah go on? He's liable if he strikes him or curses him. He is his son in every respect. So he can inherit from him. He's obliged to carry him in and, carry him out and take care of him if he's an old, if his father's old you know he, he's he's his son in all respects um if his father uh, if his son um if the son is a mumzer then this still applies but even if the son is a mumzer if the father is a kohen then the, the father would still be allowed to become impure in order to um, participate in his burial in other words, he's a son for all purposes, whatever his status in other regards, but with the same exceptions. Except for the son of a female slave or a non-Jewish woman. And it's very interesting. The Gemara tries to learn this out from a verse. Very, very tangentially. I haven't brought you the verse because the drush is so obscure. You would think it just wouldn't make sense at all. But clearly the rabbis have got a very strong view here. And it is so strong that they want to attach it to a verse, even though there are no verses which you can attach to this halacha. The Mishnah then goes on. 
Someone betroths one of two sisters. So we've established the father, the death we defined the father and the brother. What if we can't work out? What if we can't work out the identity of the wife? So someone has betrothed one of two sisters. And it's not known which of them he betrothed. It's a, we, it's a, we, we think of it as, as an implausible situation. Perhaps there were two, perhaps there were two sisters who looked very similar. Perhaps they covered their, perhaps they covered their faces very modestly. Perhaps this is a reason not to kind of cover your face too modestly if you're just getting engaged. Perhaps he actually says to them, look, I'm happy to marry one of you. And of course, that statement, I'm happy to marry one of you, if he's talking to both of them, is, is, a, is sufficiently vague. I mean, if he gave them, if he gave them a ring, that is sufficiently vague to get them both into, gosh, get them both into trouble. And the halacha is he has to give them both a get. Noten get lazor, veget lazor. In that, there's only one way out of that situation. He has to give them both a get because he cannot marry both sisters. And in fact, as soon as he's, he can't marry two living sisters. It's it's absolutely forbidden. As we mentioned previously, we're not quite sure how Jacob gets away with it. But certainly in Halakha, in the time of the Mishnah, you couldn't marry two living sisters. So what about lever at marriage? What about Yibum? Mate. So let's say he dies. So he he betroths one of two sisters. He can't marry which can't remember which one, and then he dies the next day. Well, what are they going to do? The brother will perform chalitza for both of them because the brother is connected in some way to both sisters. They are both, you could say, his zukuka, or one of them is his zukuka, but he doesn't know which doesn't know which. The only way out is to give chalitza to both, just as the only way out of the wedding was to give a get to both. What if, what if the dead man had two brothers? Now here we might be able to get, we might be able to solve this problem. Maybe he had two brothers, this dead person, this unfortunately forgetful dead person. He had two brothers. So the Mishnah says, one performs chalitza and the other one, well, I've translated it as the other one performs yibum. Of course, the other one doesn't have to perform yibum. The other one could, could easily perform chalitza too. But I think what the Mishnah is saying is, look, as soon as the first brother has performed chalitza for one of the sisters, then this connection, the this the the the, the, the connection is broken. Uh, Yibum on the second sister wouldn't result in the crime of being kind of um, of having a family relationship with two living sisters at the same time. So the the first one we can't do Yibum on the first one because even one brother can't carry out Yibum on the first one because he doesn't know which one. And he might, he's, he's essentially, he's connected as a, as a Zakuk, he's connected to both of them. And because he's connected to both of them, he, he can't do anything. But as soon as one connection is broken by Chalitza, the other one is open for either Yibum or Chalitza.
And then the Mishnah closes, Im Kadmu Vichansu. So maybe the two brothers, they don't wait. They just go ahead and marry. They just go ahead and marry the two sisters. So the two brothers go ahead and marry the two sisters. And the Mishnah concludes, Ein Motzi'in Miyadam. We don't send them away. And we'll learn later in the track date that there are some marriages which are sufficiently sufficiently improper or illegal that the bet din forces the husband to give a get. In other words, even though the marriage has taken place, the bet din will force the husband to give a get. But in this case, the problem has been resolved with both sisters receiving, both sisters, um, with, with both sisters going through Yidbum to two separate brothers. The two brothers are each connected to one sister. So there's no question of one person marrying two sisters. And so in the words of the Mishnah, Ein Motzi'in Miyadam. We don't force them to split up. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>